Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is the ever pugnacious. Pugnacious? I, it was a word. That was a word that just popped in there. The ever pugnacious. <laughs> Do you know what it means? I, I have a feeling that it doesn't mean anything good. I don't think that word means what you think it means. All right, well. I don't know what it means. We have I Wikipedia. It, I knew what it meant. Pugnacious. Mike Sutherland. Oh, yeah. Hey, it, pugnacious means Mike Sutherland. All right, so. While you're looking that up, I will announce that this is our fist fight episode. Welcome to the Cinescape Movie Review Podcast. Okay. I almost said my fucking name again. Can you believe that? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's because you're a shit. We're going to gnash myself ever so much. So we'll talk about fist fight. Yeah, you're pretty much right. Eager or quick to argue, quarrel or... <laughs> <laughs> it was like I subconsciously knew what pugnacious meant and I applied it properly, but... It didn't visualize, it didn't verbalize for a very long time before that. And it just happened in this moment of culmination. <laughs> That's called a, a, a pointless rant. Yes, it I. is. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about, God damn, I just hit the goddamn cord. It, okay. This happens when I'm detailing cars too. I start swinging my fucking hands around and I start hitting my earbuds and shit. All right. So we will talk about fist fight. We will talk about our flicks of the week, which mine is going to be the 1987 film, Three O'Clock High which is the loose inspiration for Fist Fight. <laughs> the loose. <laughs> uh, Robert Altman's Popeye. Nice. Okay. I, <laughs> well, there's a reason for it. But. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I, I just, that, that, that whole movie goes through my head like almost immediately when you said it. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think of all the likes and the dislikes about it. We'll get into it. So uh, that, there's some movie news. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Oscars. I wanted to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, final trailer, I think it is. Is it the final trailer? All right, talk it didn't about. say. It just said official trailer number three or whatever. Yeah. And then uh, also the Kong Skull Island final trailer because, you know, <coughs> comes out in a week. So Yeah, because they haven't given away the whole movie yet. <laughs> I know. They even have them battling two fucking monsters, and it looks like they're, they're purposely doing the homage to the 2005 battle with the T-Rexes. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. The V-Rex. Yeah. So. Well, it's the... It's an homage to the original King Kong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I, I, I on the DVD for um, the original King Kong that came out, like, it came out at the same time that the Peter Jackson movie came out. Um, they had the this Peter Jackson, um, he went, it was like a documentary. He went and he filmed the whole spider pit sequence um, based off the storyboards that they had. Because I guess all the, the original footage got destroyed because that director was uh, synonymous with destroying footage he never used. He never saved it for anything. No archives, and so he just based it off of uh, actors that were that had reported what they you had could, seen. You couldn't wait until after. You know why? Because it just that is a fascinating thing to talk. It is about. totally fascinating. But wait till we start the show. Did you ever see it? No. The short film we made for the Spider Pit sequel. It's all claymation. Wait shit. till. All right. Anyway. All right. We'll get into it. Focus. Stay focused. All right. So we'll talk about that and whatever else rolls around our heads. You got any news? No, but I have a theory. Ding, ding, ding. Mike has a theory. <laughs> I do. I have a movie theory. All right. He's got a movie theory. Oh, that sounds like we're fucking stealing from that guy. <laughs> I said movie, though, not film. So Yeah. Film theory. 
Yes. I'm not afraid to say it. And if you if you admit to to unintentional plagiarism, then it's okay. That's yeah, not even plagiarism. I know. I just, just roll with it, man. No. All right. All that and more on a couple of average Joe Cinescape movie review podcast. Take it away, Peter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Shut up, Mike. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. So you. I'm sorry about the. Just have to fix all that shit. Yeah, you're you're the DJ man. You gotta you gotta be able to. You know and. Yeah, you know you. Right, a baby. Why don't you come back here and run the whole fucking thing? Why don't you step into my world? Yeah, step into my world, jerk. Come on, get over here, you fatty. So, okay, t- more about the King Kong thing. So, fuck it, King. You wanted, give me a second, King Kong. Uh, 1939, I believe. Three. 33. Fuck, I always mix them up. 33 or 39. I can never get it right either. I think they both came out uh, the same year as Wizard of Oz. So, but, but yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Marion Cooper and Ernest B. Shodzak. Now, now the, the Peter Jackson King Kong came out at the end of 2005. So, this DVD, I think I watched it. Um, either at the end of 2005 when I rented it or I watched it in early 2006. One or the other. Yeah, okay, so what? So anyway. There's the a documentary D- on the DVD about. Yeah. And it's, in, it's, it's, you know, it's done by Peter Jackson. He, um, he actually, you know, does interviews and stuff in it, on there. And uh, he talks about his love for King Kong. He said that the two things he wanted to make his whole life was he wanted to do King Kong again and, of course, Lord of the Rings. So, and he, he planned on doing King Kong before Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> Lord of the Rings <coughs> ended up becoming easier to get. Get approved or some shit. I don't remember. What they was. had a limited time to get the movie started because of the family and all that, yeah. because of rats. Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, Peter Jackson he talks about his love for for King Kong. He even um he even found a uh, I didn't know this, but the clay figures that they used in the actual making of made the mo- by um, uh, Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. Um, they actually had metallic skeletons inside of them. He actually so they, has a family. His he has a son named Kiko. Yeah. Yeah, that's right there. <laughs> Lady Kong. And Kong Jr. So he had two sons and a uh-huh. wife. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Peter Jackson actually found that skeleton, the metallic skeleton that used to have the, the rubber on it for the for King Kong. Yeah, the rubber had uh, the, um, like sloughed off. Or, yeah, it rotted away yeah. and yeah, weakened and all that shit, like a tire or something, right? Right. And um, he kind of restored it. And then he found, you know, I don't remember all this because it's been a decade since I've watched this. Sue me, I, I'm busy. But um, he actually refilmed the... Spider Pit sequence that was originally intended for the 1933 film, and he based it off of, like I said, like he based it off of, uh, uh, what was it what do you call it? interviews with old actors when they were still alive about it? Because you know when they had actually filmed, they filmed a little bit of it, just the budget and else got in the way. Um, they said it wasn't practical. Oh, I think it was also the studio got in the way, and they said, you know, this is way too scary for everybody to do this, right? So the director threw all that shit away. So Peter Jackson, based off of just you know pictures accounts and stuff like that he redid it and this even you know, even bleeds into the part where the brontosaurus attacks them after they get out of the uh, out of the uh, spider pit right and he uh, he had um real actors come in that looked exactly as close as possible to the actors that were supposed to be in the spider pit sequence in the original film and he just integrated it all in he um and it, he it's, it's just really cool it's only like a, a minute long sequence or less and it's like i said it's done with 
a bunch of the stop motion um, creatures and stuff like that based off of what Peter Jackson was able to find out. It was like it was like piecing together a, a, an old puzzle that it's it's incomplete, but you're going to make your best, uh, you know, um, vision of it. Anyway, your best version based off of what you've got. Right. You. And no, it, it, like I said, it was really cool. And it's definitely worth seeing. I bet you that that, um, that short film is, is going to be on. All right. Well, it's only been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, YouTube's huge. So I'm pretty sure it's on there in one way or at least parts of it. So, um, I highly recommend that if you find um, if you find the King Kong, I think it's like a two disc set that came out in around 2005 or so. Um, it'll have that that whole thing with Peter Jackson and Peter Jackson. To me, I can compare him to, to Quentin Tarantino in, in this regard. It's th- their styles are completely different, but their love of film is very similar. Where um, they make films because of of their love of what they've grown up with watching film, and it just it shows in, in you know the, in their final product and the effort that he put into Lord of the Rings, the effort that he put into King Kong. You know, regardless if you thought King Kong was great or not, I loved King Kong. I just thought, it, of course, it dragged on for too long, but most people thought that as well. Still, it, he he's one of those guys that you love to hear him. You love to hear him talk about what you know when he was making these movies. The the passion for it is is in his descriptions and. Um, not everyone that you um, that you watch in interviews and things like that shows that passion. You know, <coughs> it's like it's almost like you're watching a little kid. You know, when you when you watch Peter Jackson talk about his love of film, it's like you're watching a little kid that that's stuck in an old person's body, like an older person's body or something. So anyway, check that one out. Um, and now we don't need to talk about the Skull Line trailer, do we? No. No. <laughs> well, we didn't even talk about it anyway. But yeah, they pretty much given away the whole freaking. There's nothing. Nothing special about it, um, but Sam Jackson and John Goodman. So um, I th- we're definitely gonna see it. In a- all right, after of course we. All right, so um, dude, how loud am I? You're fine. Well, I got the fucking headphones on. It feels like I'm I'm just like <coughs> belting out. <coughs> so we'll save the rest. Unless you want to talk about the news now, we can save the rest of the news for later. We're gonna save the rest for later. All right. I have a film here. All right. So let's hear it. I got extremely sick again over the weekend, and uh, the AIDS. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Somebody came to work sick. Yep. Petri dish. Yep. Thanks a lot. Boom. Got sick. Yeah. And it like it was the same thing that I got in, on Christmas, right? Same exact shit, except uh, less intense, with the exception of Sunday. Yeah, yesterday. Was, see, I'm, it, I'm trying to keep all the days together because <laughs> I just don't give a shit about days. Anymore. Well, today's Tuesday, Mike. It is. And uh, so Sunday, I went to bed and woke up. I, don't know, I went to bed at like 1 and woke up and my... All my sheets were soaked. They were absolutely just fucking drenched. Hmm. Uh, that was the third fever I broke that day. Um, I was so tired. I was so just not interested. I just fell back asleep. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. Woke up again, and they were even wetter. <laughs> if you can believe it. It was, like, it was like I was thrown into a pool Yeah. and then thrown back in bed. Yeah, it was, it was fucking awful. Anyways. Have you ever had it where your fever broke, but then you were still sick? Cause I, I had yeah that. I just said that was the third fever I broke yeah it was fucking weird it was it, it's absolutely weird I, that usually when my fever breaks I'm done I'm good but the last time I got sick same thing happened to me okay happens all right so Sunday I watched Desolation Desolation of Smog <laughs> there was a like TNT or TBS or whatever they had the marathon going on even though you have the extended version on Blu-ray they had the fucking marathon going on okay and I don't you know you and your fucking obsession with Oh, you can watch it on DVD. I, <laughs> it's an obsession. Or maybe it. I don't know whose phone. Uh, it might have been mine. I got Yahoo. News. Anytime 
Donald Trump blows his nose or anything, there's fucking news report about it. So Desolation of Smog was on. Oh, yeah. And um, the Battle of the Five Armies. No, I missed The Hobbit, but it didn't matter. I was just, I was completely out of it most of the day anyways. Hey, you know why that's okay? Because Peter J- Jackson missed the whole damn thing. But up, bum bum This is where my theory comes in. Okay. All right. So at the beginning of the Hobbit movie, we see the fight between um, Thrawn. Is that right? Thorin. Thorin Oakenshield. Yeah. We see the fight between Thorin and Azog, or Azog, or however you want to call it. Fuckface, yeah. And they flee, and Azog chases them to hell and back, right? Yeah. Well, okay. Over three fucking movies. Here's my problem. (laughs) Yeah. Here's my problem. Azog is a powerful orc who claimed rulership over the abandoned dwarvish mines of Moria during the Third Age, okay? Okay. He became the leader of the goblins of Moria and initiated the War of the Dwarves and Orcs in whatever whatever fucking year it is, TA-2790, if you want to just follow along, by killing King Thor, okay? Uh, Thor came to visit the ruins of the ancient dwarven kingdom of Moria, um, and that's when this gigantic fight started, right? Then... He has a son named Bolg. Yeah, the one a- that Legolas fought in the. Azog was the common enemy of all dwarves, and the war had started. And the war he started had its climax at the Battle of. Uh, this is a tough one. Azanol Bazaar. Okay, <laughs> Azanol Bazaar. That's that's nowhere near where Smog was. Mm-hmm. Okay, or took over. That's nowhere near. <coughs> <coughs> so Azog kills Nain, who is um, a dwarf. His son Dane. Kills Azog, okay, who later becomes king of Durin's folk. We all know, if you've seen the movie, everything else. Sorry, it's taking a little bit of time, but I want to get it right. <laughs> and then his son, Bolg, inherits the reign in Moria and continues it until his death at the Battle of the Five Armies. All yeah. right. <coughs> <coughs> this is where things were. In the movie, we see both Azog and Bolg, right? Father and son. Right. Well, here's my theory. Okay. Azog... Is Bolg, all right, and Bolg is his son. Okay, so the grandson. Correct. Okay. All right, and the reason why I say that is it's propaganda. Now he is a product of Sauron. All right, building up these armies, they're going to fucking try and take over Middle Earth again, Dark Ages, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> Azog has already built a name for himself, so. When he falls, and I use that in quotes, he falls mm. at the Battle of Azin Bo- a- <laughs> See, if you say it fast, it actually cl- it works. Azin all no. bazaar. That's almost like how it sounds. As in all bazaar. Yeah. As in all bazaar. Like it, as in all everything's bazaar. Uh huh. Yeah, it's done on purpose. Why don't you write fucking Tolkien a letter? I don't think he'll get it in time. Uh. <laughs> Fucker. Here's a quarter. Why don't you call his son? <coughs> After Azog was killed, even though he had a son, yeah, because I don't think it, his son—I don't know if his son was at that final battle or whatever. Okay, <sighs> I'm trying to, th- yeah. See, after reading it, it's it, there's no mention of Bolg actually being at this fight, except for Thrain. The Doors made no attempt to press their advantage by pursuing the orcs into the mines of Moria any farther than they had to. Have. Uh, they warned Thrain against entering Moria. Dane had glimpsed Durin's bane deep within and warned the dwarves to not attempt entering. <laughs> Azog's underground realm's population had been greatly reduced and the war in his reign passed to his son Bolg until Bolg's death in the Battle of the Five Armies. 
So if you put all this together and you replace Bolg with Azog or Azog the second, yeah, it makes sense. So and then Peter Jackson just completely no. If you change Bolg to Azog, yeah, for the movie, it still works out. I know. I and I would just wonder. Look, I'm not calling you wrong. I'm just wondering why that couldn't have been done dealt with in the first place. You know, just mentioned because Azog is a good character. He's a, he's a leader. He's an orc king. So he resettles in the old refuge of Mount Gundabad, and this all fits with the movie, The Orcs of Gundabad. His father, see, it says in movie only, Spawn of Azog the Defiler. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because unless I'm reading the fucking wrong one, because I looked up, this is the fucking movie I'm going to be pissed off. Yeah, okay, so that, it is correct. Bolg is a secondary antagonist in The, in the Hobbit. Uh, was a chief orc chieftain who came to power in the Misty Mountains after his father Azog was killed in the fight, uh, in the war w- with the dwarves. Bolg ruled and led an army of orcs in the battle of five armies. He was killed by Bjorn during the battle. Swiftly he returned and his wrath was redoubled so that nothing could withstand him and no weapon seemed to bite upon him. He scattered the bodyguard and pulled down Bolg himself and crushed him. All right. Now, if we take Azog in The Hobbit, okay? Yeah. Azog is Bolg. Bolg is... The grandson of Azog. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> because, again, it's propaganda. Yeah. The Sauron wants... It strikes more of the fear into everybody if it's... Yeah. Exactly. So, Thorin Oakenshield is going fucking ins- insane. Yeah. I sound like Rick. <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> yeah. Morty, you gotta... Yeah. Morty! <laughs> Mor- Morty! It's like a fucking drunk Rick. rub it up dub bitches! Oh. <laughs> okay, Rick. Right. It strikes fear, causes panic. Yeah. Holy shit, I thought this guy was fucking dead, right? Yeah, that would scare the shit out of you. Okay. So Azog lives, quote unquote, but he's not really Azog. His real name is Bolk. Now, one thing though, would he have already been the new Azog when he fought um, Thror and beheaded him? Because he was. that's when his arm got cut off. Right. That's, yeah. Okay, so, okay, so he was already pretending to be... The new Azog. Right. Okay. Because he was supposed to be killed in the mines of Moria. Yeah. And his head was piked. Mm. Right? Yeah. So all of a sudden he fucking comes back. He did kill King Thor. Okay? They just mixed it all together in the movie. Right. They mixed it all together in the movie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like in the books, it's different. In the movie, you know. Well, yeah, because it's over a way longer period of time too. (sighs) Right. 150 years. Yeah. And the movies just crunch shit like crazy. Right. So in, in the movies- Azog die. Azog still dies in the mines of Moria, uh-huh. but he still he has a son, and the dwarves don't even go into the mines of Moria anyway, so it doesn't yeah. fucking matter. So his son grows up, and at some point, you know, he's let's see here, uh, <laughs> he loses his arm in a battle with Thorin, right? Yeah. Okay. Why? Why? Now I got to figure out fucking where that fight came from with Thorin. See, we need to do a fucking podcast about Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, Dolgadur. I would have loved to have been alive in the year of TNA. It's just TNA. <laughs> it's TNA. Now I got to figure out how we got the name Mokenshield. Because it's been a while since I've read the... F- Thorin Oakenshield got... Uh, he got that because that's what um, saved his life from being attacked. No, that's in the fucking movie. Yeah. Frick. Who is he? Uh, when Smog attacked Erebor, Thorin was driven into exile with the surviving dwarves in 2799. He marched through a mighty dwarf army against the orcs of Moria in the Battle of... Well, there, there it is. Thorin's shield was broken. 
and he uses axe to chop a branch from the tree to defend himself. Okay, so he he did the same thing, but they decided to throw. Yeah, right, right. So you can even put the two together. Okay, you can put Azog and Bolg in the same group. Yeah, we're gonna call it Azog A and and Azog B. Okay. Because Bolg is a different character. Do you see what Azog backwards is? It's Goza. Focus. So Dad Azog and Son are in the same battle, different parts. Okay? Yeah. In one part, he's fighting Oakenshield, and that's when he gets his arm cut off. Okay? And Dad Azog dies. Well, they look the same. Again, you go with you go with the propaganda. Yeah. Azog rises up, becomes the leader of the orcs, and goes after the dwarves. Okay? It, this is in the movies, and his son Bolg is the other is is the other one. Yeah, as opposed to the books where Bolg is actually the leader at this point in time, and Azog's been yeah for 150 fucking years. So the theory is is that Azog is not Azog. Azog is Bolg, and that Bolg changed his name to Azog to continue the fear. Yeah, and his second in command, he gave the name Bolg, knowing that that would also cause more consternation, more problems. Because if there's two orc chieftains going into battle and both of them have a reputation, then there's going to be bigger problems. Yeah. And then that's what that's what's going on in the movies. That's my theory, at least. It's kind of a half-ass theory, <coughs> as opposed to the books. It actually explains a lot that the books that wasn't done yeah in the movies for the books so that i mean peter jackson can just get away with saying whatever he wants but it makes a a more plausible explanation yeah of how azog is in the movies the way he is and go from there no it's a, it's a decent theory man i like it i like it all right yeah so yep, shit maybe maybe we should uh you know delve more into lore uh yeah we should more into you know middle earth well maybe later you know uh let's dig up some middle earth Ooh, digging up Middle Earth. <laughs> I know, I'm always so punny, punniful, oh, aren't I? The archaeology. Re- All right. Oh, you're looking up the, the Kong? The King and the Kong? All right. Yeah, yeah. kind of. So. Some shit. All right, you good? Can we get into this fist fight now? All right, let's get oh, in. <laughs> Take your best swing, skinny. I'll fuck up your teeth. That's fine, because it's almost over. Here. Um. <laughs> All right, so, fist fight. Now. I'm, I'll try not to mention 3 o'clock high too much since I'm going to be talking about That's 3 one. o'clock high on my flick of the week. But Fist Fight is, of course, a reimagining, if you want to call it that, because I don't think anyone really imagined much when it came to quality with this film. But Fist Fight is a reimagining, a modernized reimagining of 3 o'clock high from 1987. Uh, instead of it having two students go at it after school at 3 o'clock, of course, uh, instead, it is about two teachers that are going to go out, go at it after school at three o'clock. One teacher, of course, is played by Ice Cube, who is the protagonist of the movie, and the other one is Charlie Day's character. Um, what the fuck was his name? Was his name? His name is Andy Campbell, right? Which they couldn't even use the same names that they they had in the other movie. Whatever. Fuck it. Charlie Day. Guess what? He plays Charlie fucking Day again. As he play, he's pretty much the same guy that he plays Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which this movie is also directed. This is the first big screen direction by Richie Keen, who directed a shitload of episodes of Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. Um, this movie is, is Charlie Day is the same Charlie Day that you always see, okay? That except he's just not as deplorable. He's not deplorable like he is on the show, but he's still the same guy. He has the same, you know. <coughs> mannerism tweaky 
you know, tick he's, and all that he's shit. He's a pussy man. Yeah, he's a big pussy man that can talk. No, here's the problem with the character. He's a big pussy man, except he works in a shitty job, in a shitty school. And he takes it. And he goes there every day and fucking teaches these kids. And his wife doesn't believe in him. You know, it's it's garbage scripting. Oh, yeah. His so. wife doesn't believe in him because she doesn't think he stands up to anybody. And mm. so does his daughter. And it's rubbing off on them all wrong. Yeah. And then, you know. But even their relationship, I know we're not supposed to like full on just do my movie review, but that's the problem with this movie is that it's fake. Yeah, well, and that's the problem is everybody in this movie is fucking fake. That's the problem. That's my problem. My problem with this movie is it's pussy man, pussy man, pussy man. Oh, <laughs> something happens and now he's a tough guy. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And it's funny because if you go back to um, one of the, the laughable problems with with three o'clock high was that the whole movie the main character is a big pussy and he he starts to gain confidence throughout the film and by the end he's got the balls to actually do the fight even though he can't fight right right but then all of a sudden out of nowhere he's got a few secret skills out of nowhere you know what i mean like all of a sudden he's remo williams for a second yes because people are cheering his name right Oh, oh, because you said my name, I'm inspired, and now I can... I, I know Kung Fu. I can Kung Fu karate chop your ass. Right, yeah, so it's instantly downloaded in your fucking mainframe. Uh, and it doesn't work that way, So, but it's funny for a movie, and the movie still sells, but this movie does not sell. You know, the whole time, it's just fake. It's fake people doing fake things in an exaggerated environment that's unrealistic in, in so many ways. It might as well have just been a parody on college humor. Yeah, I mean, they're... Oh, wait, I'm sorry, college humor actually has substance to it this does not yeah and the other thing is this they're getting rid of entire departments yeah so i mean come on and on the last day of school yeah a last look and look i don't know about other states and you mentioned this when i when i talked about it when we came out of the movie but all in all from my assumption is on the last day of school it's not treated like the curriculum needs to be completely followed down to the fucking you know the t right and, and I don't know. There's a lot of teachers I know that actually did that. And it's a full and a full day of school. Yep. It, but the way that they're dealing with it, it's just it seemed unrealistic to me. Because if it's the last, you're day telling of, me that when you grew up going to school, the last day of school was never a full day of school. It was always a minimum day. No, it wasn't. Even in high school. No. Where I went. Every day, every day until until the final bell. You didn't have to do anything. It was the final day of school. You can fuck around. My schools. It was always a minimum day on the last day. And now, I mean, it used to be on always end on a Friday, but now for some weird reason, they don't end shit on Fridays anymore. They end shit on like a Tuesday or a Thursday, and it, it's odd. It makes no sense, but whatever. Probably money. Yeah. Extra it, extra days to get extra money. Yeah, they, they, they're, I guess they don't want to go to year-round school, but they're kind of making it year-round school now because instead of getting three months off for, for, for a summer vacation, you get two months and a week off now. Okay. And that's such a terrible thing. Well, comparison. They still get the exact amount. Oh, Dude, they, they, there's they more days off now than there were when we went to school. And yeah, no, no, that's what I mean. Is that there's there are more days off. It's just the summer vacation's been shortened. So you like fucking going to school when it's 150 degrees outside? Do you like going to work when it's 150 degrees outside? Oh, I got I got shade. Do you like going to work when it's 150 degrees outside? No. Okay, because they have air conditioning. And then go inside, and some of them have pools. Yeah, our school. The air conditioner was always broken at our schools. Uh, those are all excuses, but whatever. Sweaty fans. My point being is, Soviet. oh my God, you would actually have to work as much as anybody else being a teacher. Yeah. Instead of getting your two months off. I'm not saying your fucking job is, you know, not difficult. I'm not saying that's easy breezy cover girl. 
unless you're a <laughs> PE teacher. But come on. Unless you're a bell breaker. And it's, I don't know how many days off is is normal in a school year anymore, but three months to two months, you have two months off. You have 60 days of vacation. Yeah. How many other people get 60 days of vacation a year? Yeah, it's unpaid. Big fucking deal. <laughs> if you don't like it, fight for a fucking full school year. You get 60 more days. And then and then come to me and complain to, you know, don't complain to me. Don't complain to anybody else when they start doing full fucking school years and you have to work during the summer during your vaunted vacation day. Oh, I don't mind that them having shortened summer vacation. <laughs> I just compare it to how, you know, like it just it it seems unfair because like I said we used to get 3 months plus, right? Nobody gets no, we don't get 3 months plus. We did. Yeah, I said used to, yeah. So, and then they don't, but they get more days off throughout the year. But so what? And also the point. And also the free babysitting is not I don't have no babysitting for 3 months. Now instead I have 2 months in a couple days. Okay, what's your point? So, it's actually a good thing. Okay. Well, what's your point? I don't know. I just made a comment about it, and then we went into this whole fucking thing about, about fucking days off and shit. And why? What's your point thing? about the fucking movie? It's the last day of school. They always end up school on a Thursdays or a Tuesday. Or the way whatever. everybody was acting, they were acting like it was a regular school day, and that it wasn't the last day of school. Except, and because like apparently the way the asshole way that all the kids were acting was how they act all the time. That's why Ice Cube was always already pissed off as he was because he's like he's like it's like this every fucking day. So. It wasn't like they were only acting like it because it was the last day of school. Everyone was acting like, even though there was a banner saying, last day of school, bitches, with no comma. By the way, that fucking bugged me. It said, last day of school, bitches. Instead of last day of school, bitches. All right? And it it just... I think it was the whole point of that fucking banner. I, I know. Um, <laughs> so, But it just bugged me because it was. it's also the little things. And the little things and the big things in this movie, both of them are lies. And it just it didn't work at all for me, you know? Look, a, a fucking a principal's car gets taken, vandalized, and then put inside the goddamn school hallways. And there's just a couple, a little bit of screaming and fit throwing, and then they go back to their old same shit. Cops weren't called it, until later. Yeah, see, and it's just everything, everything in this movie. It's kids try- watching porn. It's trying to be funny by over exaggerating things, but it's it's failing at pretty kid. much everything it does. Yeah, the fucking thing that bugged me was a kid that blackmailed Charlie Day. Uh huh. You know, for the for the Mac Pro, yeah, and then he ends up buying two MacBook Pros. Why didn't he just drag that fucking kid out by his hair? I mean, considering because he's a big pussy, like we talked about. He didn't get and see. <coughs> Goddamn water! Hold on, water went down the wrong way. Drink more of it. <coughs> yeah, because it created a when I coughed, it created a dry spot. Does that make sense? No. My story, I'm sticking to it. So the movie's trying to do what the the original film did, which is throughout the throughout the ninety minutes of film of movie, the main character Charlie Day's character or Casey Samasco's character from the um, they're slowly gaining confidence throughout the film, and by the end they're not a scared pussy anymore. Now they're 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 realistically scared, but they're still ready to step up and deal with the situation. But Charlie Day, but that and that's how it worked with Casey Samasco's character. Even though, like I said, he got those extra powers at the end where he could actually throw a punch here and there. But with Charlie Day's character, it, it was it was they're trying to do the same thing with with the building of confidence, and it was just it didn't work. It, it nothing works in this movie. No 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 characters work in this movie, and we both agreed that that because I've written this in other reviews about Christina Hendricks, she is officially one of the most wasted. Ten fucking actresses in Hollywood right yeah, now. Yeah, this is what the second movie in a row. Yeah. Bad Santa too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just trying to think of if there was any other movies that we had seen so far this year that had her in it. Yeah. Bad Santa and, too. It was like from like two months ago. I mean, she was wasted in Happ and Leonard. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know what's going on if she's just picking and choosing some of these roles. Mm. And even the character that she had was just fucking stupid. It was dumb. It was like, it oh, was a waste. She, a, a complete waste. It was like they, they had her there just so what, she could walk and do that hip thing? Uh-huh. Well, she, the Christina thing, right. Christina Hendricks thing. Otherwise, there was no point in her being there. Oh, you know, all of a sudden, uh, oh, that's crazy. But because, wow, she thinks that Charlie Day's character is a pedophile and, and because of a stupid situation in a, in a bathroom that was fake. It was just fucking dumb anyways. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, see, look, unrealistic things, right, can work in certain movies if you do it right. Like, say, say the double Dutch rudder scene. With uh, Jason Mewes, <laughs> that in, makes me laugh. In in in, uh, in uh, Zach and Mary, right? Right, but nope, that that nope. makes me laugh. Just you saying that, yeah. makes me laugh because yeah. it's so fucking. It, it is completely fucking preposterous. Yeah, but the way that it's written, yeah. And look, I mean, it can be written by anybody. Yeah, but the way that is played out and written by both of those uh-huh. is so well done. Yeah, it's stupid it's, funny. Yeah, it, Porky's look. If you want to do something funny <laughs> that's completely outrageous, yeah. Porky's. Yeah. Right? Where the kid sticks his dick through the little peephole. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I don't know how they got it, you know, but he sticks his dick in there in fucking- Movie magic. And and you you brought her name up, Mrs. Bellbricker, mm-hmm. grabs his, you know, grabs a schwack. Yeah. And starts fucking yanking on it. Basically, has both legs on the oh, fucking. It hurts me still. Yeah, on, on the fucking uh, tile in you know on but, the wall. I mean, and just and just just ah, going to town, grabbing, trying to pull him through the fucking. <laughs> do you know what would have been the wall, worse? Which though? is completely. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, it's a real situation because obviously you know when people write, they write from their lives. Yeah. But it's exaggerated, and it com- and then it's exaggerated. Yeah, like Seinfeld. I had it in my Seinfeld. Hand. Uh, most of the skits in Seinfeld were were exaggerated versions of of real things that happened to the writers. Yeah, and it works because they knew how to to to, to do it. Yeah, you, that's how you massage it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> massage. And, <laughs> and, and yank it. Yeah, and this guy that directed it, he did. He's he's directed you know almost Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, Richie Keen. So he knows. What's fucking hilarious and what doesn't work? You know what though, when I comp- when I brought him up in my review, I, I pretty much comp- said that sure he does funny things on the show, but also the sometimes the show just you walk away needing to take a break from it and you feel kind of dirty after watching it. I don't feel dirty, but I watched all like before it went on like a two year hiatus or whatever. Uh-huh. I watched every single like four seasons straight. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you, you, at some point you just got to fucking okay. I've had yeah, I, I've had too much input of this. Did but um, the guy, the guy that created the show, uh-huh. is plays the son of Danny DeVito. Okay, in in the show. Okay, and his sister is yeah yeah yeah. I know who you're talking about okay. Whoever her name is, I can't. She plays the Mick. Yeah, Caitlin something. Get out of here, bull in China shop. Yes, <laughs> and and Caitlin he, Olsen. Yes, thank you, and. Her brother, the guy that plays her brother. Yeah, the arrogant prick. He's the showrunner. He's the creator of the show. Okay. And he <clears throat> keeps it all together. Mm-hmm. That's why the show works, you know, with his partners and whoever else is involved. But when you have when you have a collaborative group like that, it's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah. That's why it's it's still on the air. 
regardless of whether you like it or not. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed some of it. I'm not a fan of It's Sunny in Philadelphia, but I've watched it. Damn. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I, I did not think that it would have this. It has a 98% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. I yeah. did not think it would be that high. It's it's fucking huge. Dude. Yeah, uh, Rob McElhenney, um, who yeah, plays Rob Mac. McElhenney. Yeah, he's married to Caitlin Olson. Right. Yeah, and then Charlie Day. He in real life, he's married to the to the waitress chick. Uh huh. <laughs> the one that he's always. Yeah, the one stalking. Yeah, the one that he's always stalking. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, they're goddamn. They're always uh, just everyone's connected in one way or another in real life on that. Uh, you know, from that show. Right. So. Yeah, look, Sunny Philadelphia has something that keeps you, wa- you you can keep watching it. You know, sure you don't you can't always do a whole season, you know, at once, but it's still entertaining enough to keep going, right? Uh-huh. It, but this movie like even what little charm Sunny in Philadelphia has, this movie doesn't really have it. It it has it in a couple moments, but it's fleeting. It's extremely fleeting and and you you pretty much almost forgotten about it afterward because of how, how much other bullshit's going on with the movie. So, uh, so yeah, it's I am. Uh, oh, why did I use that picture? For I the don't piece, fucking know. For the PO, I I just want. I don't know. I I was searching too long, and I was just like, dude, I. Um, I dude, I wrote my take on this, uh-huh. and it was longer than what I wrote. Fist fight. There's not much I can say. Charlie Day. This is the second. Re- re- this is a rewrite. Okay. Because someone went in and fucking saved it. Me or you? Or, it couldn't be. I left because I left it alone afterwards. And and. It erased everything. Fuck, that happened to me with one of the tri- the long trivias. Right. And I had put, for the labels, should have seen Get Out. Uh-huh. <laughs> instead, yeah, should have seen <laughs> yeah. Get Out instead. So uh, Charlie Day plays a teacher that's trying to save his own ass at the expense of Ice Cube, who plays a super tough guy, a uh, super tough guy teacher that scowls and yells and has a problem with authority but has a heart of gold. <laughs> now, I, I, I wrote this after I saw the movie, uh-huh. I'll be honest. But I had already written basically this anyways. Yeah. Day rats out Cube. Cube pulls the one at three o'clock. We go into fight. Day reverses into his pussy mode, trying everything he can to avoid. Sure, there are some funny scenes, but in the end, the movie will be a piece of shit, which is what I wrote. Yeah. Why? Because there is no care put in these movies anymore. It's a series of interconnected ideas with a bad overarching story. On to the next movie. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's a waste of my time. It's a waste of my money. It's it's a waste. It's you know it's a waste of good of decent actors. It's a waste of Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan's fucking funny, dude, and he was not funny in this movie. This whole movie felt his character was obviously forced. You know, I look like a fucking minion. You know, it, right? All of it looked. It just does not work with him. You know, Jillian Bell's character was kind of funny, even though her character was also bullshit. You know, as the as the tweaker guidance counselor. You know, who's also a slut. Um. Her character was kind of funny. I'm I'm gonna play something. Listen to it. All right. Take you gotta take one of your headphone earpieces. This is from Cleveland Show. I was watching that earlier today, and it's a parody of you know the the Fockers. Meet the Fockers, yeah. Right there, you go. <laughs> as long as you keep paying to watch, yeah. we'll keep farting them out. Yep. So it doesn't matter what we want to see. It matters. It, the the whole thing is fucking set up. So that they test audience, test audience, test audience. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, this made money. And we'll get into the whole money-making thing in my review for Popeye. Uh-huh. Because that's a whole interesting. Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms. And they're going to make money off of DVD sales and fucking VOD rentals and all this other shit because we're fucking sheep. Yeah. And we keep saying this every single week. It's Look, it's a shame. Why do you think Disneyland is still in business? It's because people 
No. <laughs> I, 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 look, don't I, use Disneyland because Disneyland has attractions that people like to go to. It's a destination resort, and they keep changing it. It's not a fucking piece of shit movie. It, it's, a symbol, <coughs> it's a symbol of how things are. No, it's not. The way it's run. No. Look, dude, your analogy is, is fucked up. This is not a two-hour piece of shit fucking dumb movie that the studios keep churning out. It, Disneyland and Universal Studios and all that at least put the effort into making you feel welcome, making you feel home at home, making you feel like you should be there and spend money, you know, because they have created an environment that doesn't suck. It doesn't. You believe that? Have you been to Disneyland? And 10 years ago. Okay. And it, and it sucked? Yeah, they had California Adventure. You know why it sucked? Why? Because they crammed as many people in there as possible so that you can't enjoy anything. You can... All, no, no, no. All the stores are packed. All the walkways are packed. All the rides are packed. No, that's just you being a bitcher. You're being a big bitch. <laughs> that's what you are. You're being a bitch. When's the last time you went to Disneyland? Oh, Jesus. Uh, longer than 10 years ago, but still in this in the 2000s. You know that the population of the world is getting bigger. <laughs> Oh, so what? So more and more people keep going. I fucking enjoyed myself because I don't worry about crowds or anything else. I go for my own personal enjoyment, the rides and whatever else. Oh, so you're like the other people that accept things the way that they are and keep giving money to them. No, I go for my own enjoyment. Fine. Hey, look, if you enjoyed yourself, good for you. Yeah. But but you went to California Adventure. You I'm, didn't go to Disneyland. We went to both. We had a two-day two in both parks. Oh. Park Skipper. And oh. I, I'm seriously, I'm honestly telling you that, that look, I, I know you don't want me to do analogy with movie, and I get that. You went 10 years ago with three children. Yeah. How many? Uh, you do know that my, my stepdaughter goes to it every year with the cheer thing, and she tells me how it is, too. And it's, it's, it's just more and more people every time. So what? It's a theme park tourist attraction. Okay. What do you expect? Five people to go? Oh, Disneyland's on the decline because three people showed up this year. What a great... We should fucking go. Because you decide to get into this know-it-all thing right it's when I say something... It's not know-it-all. You didn't even let me explain. You, you just immediately jumped down my throat about anal shitty analogies. Your, your analogy was shitty. People okay. don't... Disneyland is not a fucking two-hour movie designed, designed by a studio based off of someone in the audience's idea of funny. Fine. You know what it is, though. It is a two-day-to-a-week design. No, it's not. To rip people off. No, it's not. It's not even... No, it's not. You think that people should pay 150 bucks each to get in there? That's what the... If that's what it's, the demand is... You I, think that you should pay $6 for a little teeny bottle of soda? That's what the demand is. And that's my problem, is that... Then write a fucking letter. You know how when you have a rant, you're being such an asshole. Right I'm not now. being an asshole. You're 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 equating a destination place, a destination, yes, a physical fucking destination that I refuse to go to. I'm pounding on this, so I don't pound on that. That I refuse to go to. And that's fine. To a two-hour movie that is utter garbage. Yes, and once you get out of your own head and <laughs> let, give me the moment to explain myself. Then it'll make more sense. You haven't explained yourself. Because you keep on with the shit. No, you analogize the fucking movie with a goddamn tourist destination. Do you see the problem? No, because I'm going to explain it and then hopefully... Okay, then explain it. I can now? Thank no. you. Okay. So, <laughs> you, you take a movie like this that people keep paying money to see, so they keep making it, right? 
They keep paying money for, for just shit. So I'm comparing it to Disneyland and other similar resorts and destinations because like us, we have to go to the movies. We pay to go to the movies. We pay to travel to the movies in one way or another. We're paying to go to Disneyland and to get into Disneyland and buy all this shit, okay? If people would stop going to these fucking movies and paying for these shitty kinds of movies, maybe they'd stop making them. If people would stop going to Disneyland and giving them all their fucking hard-earned money for overpriced bullshit and, and a lackluster experience because you don't get to fucking do anything anymore, they're going to keep getting away with it. That's mm. what I'm trying to get to. Mm. Lackluster experience. Yeah, fucking A it was. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes, it was. Mm. Did you have to drive down? Yes. Okay. So you drove down with three children, sub 10 years old, mm-hmm. strollers. Yeah. Three of them, two of them? Uh, no, the baby stayed home. Kendrick stayed home. Um, and <coughs> I don't remember if William went with us or not. At least Cora came with us. I don't remember. The fuck can you not remember taking your own kids? Um, <laughs> we've had discussions multiple times about me missing out on large gaps of my, my life because of what I was dealing with. Okay. And I, I, didn't, like, don't, yeah, and I didn't bond with my kids the entire time. I was just the... the and therein dad. lies the problem. But I was there. You need to go to Disneyland and experience Disneyland as part of a a group that wants to have fun, not oh, with yeah, people that I, you don't want to be. And with. I went in 1986, and I had a great time. Okay, so you're one for two. <laughs> well, but my point well, being is this: three. I, I went you there in '99. Also, people look. You don't have to go to Disneyland. No. Yeah, I know. You don't have to go to California Adventure or Universal Studios or whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a choice. I know. Same with the movies. However. Here's the huge fucking difference. <coughs> oh, movies cost one-tenth the price for whatever reason, yeah. and they shouldn't be $10. $10 for two hours worth of fucking entertainment? Mm. Sorry. I mean, people pay $150 a ticket to go see a, like Guns N' Roses or more Yeah, I for two hours. Me being a movie uh, fan, I, I'm more biased, I guess. I, I don't usually have a huge problem paying what I pay for a CD or for a movie because I think about how much it costs to actually make that whole thing from start to finish. And it's like, oh, well, me paying, you know, whether it be $12, $15, or $20 for, you know, ticket, CD, or movie, whatever, it doesn't seem, in comparison, it doesn't seem that bad. You don't know the back end of it, which is they charge these theaters a massive amount of money Mm -hmm. to rent the films. So whatever money that they're making... On the prints, yeah, pays for the movie relatively, or at least pays for the printing of the movie. They don't have to print movies, but <coughs> <coughs> I've heard in excess of fifty thousand dollars per film, not fifty thousand dollars for a run, like fifty thousand dollars for that one theater. Yeah, you know. So if you have a seven theater, seven times five. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> that's so. what it's going to cost you to run that movie in seven different theaters. Yeah, it's a it's a per theater license. So, no, I'm sorry. It's a per screen. Mm. All right. So, they charge you X amount of money, and they put on demands to you, such as, if you don't carry this film, you won't get this film, Mm -hmm. which is what happened with Star Wars. If you don't carry Star Wars, you won't get the big blockbuster film that's coming out, which was whatever the fuck it was. Yes, like in dealerships. If you don't buy all these fucking shitty, you know, black uh, fucking, I'm sorry, all these shitty red uh, Miatas or whatever, right? It, you, then you don't get all the uh, all the big you know Mazda tributes later on that sell really good. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like you it's like you got to take this so you can have this later. It's like right. eat your Brussels sprouts but now. Disneyland doesn't do that to you. Disneyland doesn't say, oh hey, 
Welcome to our park. Um, yeah, in order to get in, you have to mortgage your home, mortgage your house. Now it's expensive, <laughs> and that's why it's a resort. It, it's not; it never used to be, but that's that's how it is now. It's a destination resort, like Sands, like whatever. They want people to come there for vacation, not to visit for you know. You get the daily visitors and and stuff like the people that. People that live nearby, yeah. right? But those people also get discounts. Yeah, the Angelinos. Yeah. <laughs> now, when when you have a movie like this, it costs you ten bucks. Then then the movie goes away after two weeks. And then if you want to watch it, well, you can fucking steal it and get a really bad copy of it <laughs> somewhere on the internet. Yeah. Or you can get it on video on demand when it's ready, or Redbox, or Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere down the line. And then the movie comes out on DVD, and then it comes out on special edition DVD, and then Tin Box, or the Silver Box, or whatever the fuck it's called. And then the Ultra Special Edition, or Ultraviolet, or 4K. Yeah. You know? And then, oh, well, it's a trilogy. Then you got the first, the first and second edition. Yeah. Or 3 O'Clock High and this one packaged together mm-hmm. as a special, right? Yeah. Tin box with extra footage and blah, 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 and documentary and this and that. Or the Ice Cube comedy trilogy or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes on and on. But they just keep, and this is the issue. And people buy this shit mm-hmm. they, to keep. You go to Disneyland for the memories and make your kids happy and- you don't have to be necessarily happy. Who gives a fuck about you? You go, you bring your kids, and they're happy, right? And they enjoy it, and yada yada yada. Like like Christmas. Yeah. And then when you're an adult, and your kids are all grown up, they don't want to go. You take your special someone, mm. and you go to fucking Disneyland, and you go for the midnight shows. No. <coughs> <coughs> yeah. Or whatever. Look, I I don't I don't want to always use this podcast as a as a podium for just complaining about the way I don't like the system of things. Um, I'm not saying that you're wrong about the system. I totally agree, but... Because I, I want to stick more to the movies it, themselves and our love for movies and our, our hatred for shitty movies like this one. But This brings out the anger in us. It's I can't enjoy something when I know that I'm being gouged. I can't... Because what pisses me off is that these businesses who... Who who exist because of us? Because of us being consumers? Because we're all cattle. We consume, right? We're like locusts or whatever. Um, they need us, and they gouge us because no one makes a stand. But they're not gouging you. They're not. You're willingly paying. That, and yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. No, it's not. It all boils down to people. It, it's they not, can charge whatever they. It's want. not a fucking problem. Nobody sees it as a problem except for you know a handful of people. Comparatively, when you have a hundred million people that go to fucking Disneyland every ten years, and five million people complain, who gives a fuck? Yeah, Disneyland doesn't care, and you know why? Because they got five million people to replace those five million people. Yeah, and every year, and that that waste, <coughs> that that fucking that, that just that huge. <laughs> waste of of money and things like that. Why is it a waste of money? Because and I'm leading into this. Because there are people. <laughs> God damn it! This is gonna sound so corny. There are people all over this planet that are fucking suffering. Who fucking cares? And and no, uh, let me lead into this. No, it, it's already a bogus argument. There are people all over this planet suffering, and we have people spending thousands of dollars at Disneyland. How dare they? No, no, no. It's not the how dare they. No, no. It, this is 
this is a bigger thing than than just the, the, that. No, you want to get big with it. The big thing is people in other countries see this waste. So what? This this waste of money. Are you embarrassed about it? I'm not because I'm not wasting money like that. Yeah, you are. You do it every fucking day. I go to Starbucks. Yeah. No, I don't. You went to Seven Eleven. Yeah, and I got a refill. You buy gas. Coffee. I have to drive. Okay. I have to drive. Okay, you have to drive. Because you buy food. Kind of. Kind of. We have food stamps. Yeah. You buy food. I buy food for you. I'm sorry. We want to get into the welfare, but that's okay. I also buy my own fucking food. I do work. <laughs> I do have a job. <coughs> I do work 48 plus hours a week. That's good for you. You buy food. Yes. But now we're going to get into it. You spend an egregious amount of money on your kids, and this is not bash on Joe, because I'll make another point about this later. You spend an egregious amount of money on your kids because, because you want to buy that stuff, right? <coughs> not necessarily the latest and greatest gadgets, but games, Skylander shit, or comparative Skylander stuff, Pokemon, phones, whatever, gadgets. You should see their room. Filled with shit. Nope. It's the exact opposite. Really? Yep. Mm. Their room is full of books and stuffed animals. Yeah. You think I'm fucking kidding? <laughs> Dude, every time I talk to you, they're like, you're like, get off the fucking, get off the PlayStation, get off the Xbox, do this, do that. <laughs> yeah, that stuff's in my, my room. <coughs> Stop watching TV. That's in my room. My li- The living room I'm is not, my bedroom. I'm not solely picking on you. I'm making a statement I, overall. I, I'm just telling you that if you want to say that I'm spoiling my kids, I'm spending a bunch of money on my kids, I'm not. You do. I am not. You do. And if I had a fucking notebook of every time that you spent money on your kids and I wrote it down, you'd be surprised at how much money you spent on your kids. Oh, I, I, I know how much I've spent on them because <laughs> I can see it on the shelf of the games that I have bought and the games that I've gotten rid of because they didn't appreciate what they had. But I'm not the buy them toys every month person. I never said month. I just said you buy stuff. The last time I bought them anything was during Christmas. Again, stop defending yourself. Well, you put me in a position where I need I'm, to defend myself. Uh, no, I didn't. I said I'll get to it. I'm trying to. You're not the only person on this planet that does that. My brother and every other fucking person that I work with that has kids think, and this is my belief, that in order to buy happiness, you have to buy stuff for your kids. Uh-huh. Now, it's not all true. I mean, my brother's a little bit... Fucking wacky when it comes to thinking about stuff anyways. Yeah. <coughs> and I'm the same way. Sometimes, I, in order for me to be happy, I got to buy shit, right? Well, I think we're all the same. The reason why you're just there. You're sitting right across from me, so it's easy to I know, I'm use the, that. I could be the pincushion, I know. <coughs> Would you like some Earl Grey? No. But my point being is, again, with the whole fucking Disneyland shit. In the waste of money because there's other people out there suffering and blah, blah, blah. And they see this, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> Gives a fuck. It's not an excuse. It's a reason. No, it's it's bullshit. It adds into why other countries fucking hate us. No, it isn't. It, the only reason why you think other countries hate us is because all you see in the media, which is controlled by old white guys, is how much every other country hates us, which is fucking far from the truth. If you've ever traveled outside of the United States, are you from the United States? Yeah. Where are you from? California. Oh, movie stars, beaches. <laughs> I live in the fucking mountains, man. What? Yeah, I live like 400 miles away from the closest beach. Oh, wow. Tell me more. <coughs> Most people don't think like that. It's goddamn one percenters. Oh, we hate it. Oh, we're going to show this on the fucking TV. How much we hate Americans and, you know, 
the fat white Americans eating all this fucking food and blah, 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 and waste and waste and waste. When you go to Europe, what about all the McDonald's that are in Europe? They don't certainly hate those. Euro Disney, certainly don't fucking hate that. Just trying to make a point. There's tons of theme parks and tons of water parks and tons of all this other shit that we have that they have too. And you don't hear us complaining about that. You don't hear Americans saying Europeans, those fucking, those Germans are weird. Have you seen their fucking Scheisen films? No, you don't hear that. Have you ever seen a German fucking, have you ever seen a real German film? I haven't. I don't know if you have. Not sure. (laughs) (coughs) Or Swedish film or Swedish music or this or that and the other thing. No, the closest we've seen is a lot of great Britain, you know, British comedy and, and things like that. Uh, Swedish, uh, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, uh, trilogy, the original, all filmed and written by in, in, you know, in that area, Norway or wherever. Right. But not normally. You don't hear Americans complaining about Europeans much, but the ones that you do hear complaining about them, where does it come from? The fucking TV, the French. Oh, those French, those limey fucking bastards. Oh, you know, they always, they, they give up so easy. We, we had to save them from... And it's, it's a continuing joke. We had to save them in, their asses in World War II. We had to save their asses in Vietnam, too. But, hey, nobody brings that up. <laughs> They're the ones that started it. Nobody brings that up. I, yeah, look it up. I, uh, no, I, I, no I, I remember there was something. It's just, But, yeah. You know, that's my point is that we're so concerned with what other countries think of us that the other countries don't give a shit about us. All right. Well, going back to just the forgetting about other countries, okay? Maybe it's misperception by because of media, whatever. I, my problem is that it has been blown up so big that for us to have a good time with our family, we have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars taking our our families to these places, and so that they can charge as much as they want for all of these things. Yes, they can. And you know what? And it's and yes, they can. That is their God given fucking right. No, it's not their God given right. It's privilege. They can charge whatever they want. It's a privilege, not a right. Okay. And they can do it because that's what people will pay. Exactly. And I, dude, it's not when I when I bring up something like this, it's not <coughs> just a blanket statement. There's way more connections to it that I'm thinking about than just what I'm saying. Okay. I'm not calling myself in you know way intelligent about anything or anything like that. What I'm saying is is that just because I say one thing doesn't mean that I'm only thinking on that simple little line. I'm thinking of all these other connections to it of why things they are the way they are. They make it look like the only way you can have a good time with your family is by spending all of this money. Well, I can't afford to do that, and I couldn't enjoy it if I did anyway because the places are crammed like fucking sardines. So, and I'd be spending way too more money there than if I did outside of that place buying the same kind of things. Right. It it just and I'll go back to what I said, which is I'm not I'm not disagreeing with your assertion of things. I'm disagreeing mm-hmm. with some of the things that you're saying. The way I said it, yeah, I, I get you. All right, it, it's because I'm completely behind the whole you know excessive spending and you know being fucking fleeced to death and yada yada. I look, I I, I quit going to the fair to the state fair every year because I spend three hundred dollars there. On hell, I've before I even get in the fucking gate, I've already spent like fifty plus dollars on parking and admission, right? Uh-huh. That, and then admission doesn't do anything. Admission just means that you went, walk through the fucking gate. That's it. All right. Um, then I spent three hundred dollars there on nothing. On the, my kids getting to go on a couple rides each, um, getting sunburnt, buying 
buying a bunch of uh, overpriced toys that end up breaking within a week or less, or even while you're still there, um, and other things, yada, yada, yada. It's just, it's not, I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't enjoy, if I'm going to spend that much money, I'd like to enjoy myself. Don't. Right. And I don't, it's just, it seems like it's easier for people just to just accept things the way that they are, and they just keep going with the flow. And People always, and if you ask people, they either say, well, it, it's not a big deal because we only do it every once in a while. Or they say, well, what's it, my me What's me not doing this going to change anything? And that's the attitude with everybody. No one, no, no one makes a stand against anything. You know, I'm not telling you to go fucking protest or anything, but stop giving all this shit away. You know, that's why I don't spend $7 on a fucking hot dog at the movie theater. That's why I don't any of that shit. It, it's because if they would lower their prices... I would give them more money, more of my hard-earned, hard-earned money. I would, because I, I I believe in supporting businesses, especially local businesses. But guess what, man? The way the system is, it's kind of hard to shop at a local business, especially when you don't make a lot of money, because they have to mark their shit up to survive. Yep. They have to mark it up way worse than say Walmart or or you know other big stores, because no. they can buy a huge bulk and all that stuff, right? So at a cheaper price. So it, there's so I, many. I don't have a problem with movie theaters charging what they charge. Because well, of what happens because of the studio. Yeah, because they're getting fucked over by the studio. But I I don't have a problem with... Let me rephrase that. <coughs> I don't have a problem with movie theaters charging a little more yeah. than what the normal cost of items are. Yeah. Like $6 for a Coke is egregious. Do Come you on. remember that one time at Bandcamp where you bought that <laughs> box of M&M's and you fucking opened it? <laughs> and it was a bag of regular sized M&M's inside the box and you're like what the fuck is this do you remember that I mean dude we, me and you have gone to the movies together over 200 times but this did happen one time you fucking bought a box it was like 350 or, or something right you opened it up and, and it, it was just no, a- I was pissed off because, I mean it was always normal M&M's I already knew it was normal M&M's <laughs> what pissed me off was the <laughs> fact that it had a bag in it yeah that was a third the size of the box yeah that's yeah. what pissed me off. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was hilariously, it was a hilarious ripoff. It was like, because it's like, oh, well, you put it in a big box, so there's got to be, you know, you're getting your money's worth of candy. No, you're fucking. Anyway, I, yeah, I, this could be all into conspiracy theories and it's about the way our system is and people, people let it happen. I, <laughs> no, people let it happen. Yeah, and and people, and that that is the bottom line. Regardless of how much businesses charge and how much they market to make you think. That that's what you should do with everything and how you spend your money. <coughs> you still, at the end of the day, make the decisions for what you do and what you spend your money on and where you go and things like that. That's why I choose not to go to Disneyland. I, that's why I choose not to go to the state fair. That's why I choose not to buy certain things at certain stores because that's, that's just the stand I'm making. I got to back up what I preach. You know what I mean in a way? Sure. Um, so, And now, back to this fucking movie. This movie does not work. And it, it is just a lazy, it is a lazy $25 million film that has already made its money back. So if they do decide to make a sequel, <laughs> prepare for it for Fist Fight 2, The Fister. And it's going to happen. All right. And then uh, anyway. did fucking ride along. And look, I'll ha- I have no intention of seeing, like, we already fucked up with the ride along thing. <laughs> so we will never see a ride along 3, right? We'll never see a ride along 3. We will never see, I never plan on seeing a Fist Fight. <laughs> Fist of Fury. Yeah, a Fist of Fight Fury or whatever the fuck they want to call the sequel. I don't know. So, I, I yeah, I'm good. Um, so, I gave the movie uh, off the top of my head, I believe I gave it a 1.5 out of 10. 
I would have given it probably even lower, but I have a feeling there's going to be worse things out there. Wow, you gave it a 1.5 out of 10. Yeah, because the because also that's from my perspective of <coughs> of having seen the the original film so many times and seeing how this one compared to it is just fucking lazy in so many regards. I thought you were going to give it a higher score because I was going to give it a three. Yeah? Yeah, because there were moments and they were kind of funny. Uh-huh. I, I just... The lowest rated film I think I've ever given was, I think, to Independence Day Resurgence. I think I gave that one a 0.5 out of 10. Mine was zero. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, this movie, when when it, when it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of factors that, that give it. But yeah, this movie is a waste of time. Well, I'm going to revise mine. I mean, if yours is that low. Because <laughs> <coughs> I thought it was going to be lower than you. Uh-huh. And, and go with 1.5. All right. Yeah, and the, the movie keeps fluctuating between uh, 30 and 29% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And you gave it a 58. Yeah, because I figured that what if it's one of those comedies that actually has some charm to it? You gave it a 43. But it seems like every comedy that Ice Cube's in gets fucking hammered. I, I, I'm serious. Every what, what was it? All the ride-alongs are hammered by the critics. All of the uh, are we done there yet, right? Those ones are hammered by critics. This is hammered by critic. Every comedy he's in gets fucking hammered, except for the 21 and 22 Jump Streets, right? So, yeah. I, all right. Well, so, fuck it. Uh, might as well just get into uh, into my flick of the week. Yeah, because, right? you know, yeah. we've yeah. only been doing this for an hour and 22. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. So, my flick of the week, of course, is the 1987 film, Three O'Clock High. It is uh, directed by Phil Janou, who did the... Uh, <laughs> He did the U2 um, documentary <coughs> called Rattle and Hum, um, which I've still never seen, but I, I've seen the trailer for it a hundred thousand times. He did the 1990 movie with Sean Penn uh, called State of Grace, which is the movie where Sean Penn met his future wife to to divorce. Future ex-wife. Robin Wright, yeah. Um, and he also, um, he directed Dirty Laundry, which is the Punisher short film that was on the internet. Um, he directed this film. Um, this movie is comparable. This movie tries to be, it tries to be Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it's not. This is look. This is not a great movie. To when I was a kid, I thought this was a great movie. Now, when seeing it again the other night, I know it's not a great movie, but it's still way better than Fist Fight. All right, um, because this came out a year after Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it, it definitely has those elements where the camera's close to. To the main character played by Casey Samasco, who he was one of the he's the he's the guy famous. He's forever famous for doing the intro narration that's in the Regulate song by Warren G. You know, from Young Guns, because his character was in Young Guns, you know, Regulators. Right. So um that's Casey Samasco. He's the main guy. His name is Jerry Mitchell and great name. I love the name Jerry, because every time I hear it now I think of <laughs> I think of Rick, Rick Sanchez. <laughs> When he's talking to the, to the asshole, husband, the you know the, yeah the asshole husband of his daughter, in uh, Rick and Morty, you know, let me tell you something, Jerry, <laughs> right? So anyway, um, he yeah he plays he plays this nerd at school, you know, he's responsible. He runs the the school um uh material shop, you know, so like you know where people go in to buy pencils and pads, you know, the school store, right? Um, he's trusted by the guy who owns the store inside the school, played by Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, he's still bald, by the way, <laughs> in the movie. You know, he's got that, he's got the, you know, the balding on top and then the, the, the hair on all the sides right. thing. Um, he's, uh, he's got this weird girlfriend who, if she looked like she looked now 
in a movie, they would you they would call her probably emo goth lesbian or something, right? Um, but in this movie, she's just normal, weird, normal weird kind of thing. So with the short hair, and uh, he's got a little sister who they show her pop up every once in a while. And those then that character, his sister is not even really important to the movie in in many regards. It's it's more like it's all about Jerry and how the day starts and then how he goes through the day and how it ends. So the, the, the it starts off with him getting ready for school and he's in a rush, right? So it's trying to connect you to the character by 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 showing all of the the corners that he's cutting to get ready to school for school on time so he can open the store and everything and. As he gets to school, it does this thing where it has um, you overhear other students talking, and they're talking about this new kid that's starting school this day, and his name is Buddy Ravel. He's played by Richard Tyson, who Richard Tyson played the main bad guy in Kindergarten Cop, the one trying to get his son back that Schwarzenegger has to fight. Um, Richard Tyson is made to look really big in this movie. He looked like if I could make a comparison with him, he looked like Jude, he looked like a, a buffer version of um, Heath Ledger's character from Ten Things I Hate About. Uh, Anyway, you overhear students talking about um, this character, Buddy Ravel, coming to this school, and they start, and then the rumors start spreading, and it jumps to another group of kids and another group of kids, and the rumors keep getting worse and worse. And oh, this guy stabbed a teacher. This guy killed a police officer. You know, and then it just keeps escalating from there. And then, so by the time, by the time it gets to to Jerry. Jerry's already heard the worst stories about this guy, Buddy Ravel, and then he finds out that because he also helps write with the school paper, that they want him to personally escort Buddy Ravel through the school and teach him about you know everything about the school, uh, and you know get to know him, right, and write an article about him. And so he goes to do this, and the biggest mistake that he makes is he touches him. He puts his arm on, on his hand on his arm, and that just sends Buddy Ravel into this fucking rage. Where he beats the shit out of him and he goes, Okay, we're gonna have a fight after school, right? And and he goes, Three o'clock, you can't run, you can't hide, blah, blah, blah. It's very eighties style with the dialogue, but it's still it, it still knows how to use the right musical cues and everything to get you into that moment where you're, you're you feel the tension of his character. You feel the how shit scared uh Samasco's character is. And so the whole movie after that point is him trying to get out of this fight. And all the things that he does to try to get out of the fight. He has a, a best friend who's an, a fellow nerd. And his friend is um, does all these things for him. Like like one of the best friends ever, right? The only thing he doesn't do is blow him and make him lasagna. That's how good of a friend he is, right? And he um, he does things like he'll, he tries to set Buddy up for crimes and stuff like that. So he'll get arrested before the day's over. And other things similar to that. Trying to help his friend. But it always ends up backfiring in one way or another. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because it's better if you just see the movie. Right? Like right now, it's streaming on uh, HBO for free. Um, but the, this movie, when you compare it to Fist Fight, all of, there's a lot of situations in this movie that that are also exaggerated and they're impossible in real life to happen. But they work for the most part in this film because it just the, the rhythm of it keeps going and it's it's entertaining. Um, there's one thing that doesn't work though. And the one thing that doesn't work is there's this part where he's trying to get expelled now after all these things he's tried. He tries to get expelled by when he has to give this um this uh, acting speech in front of his class. He decides to act like a rebel and start smoking in class and <coughs> and uh, he should try he he actually seduces the teacher. And instead of him getting his getting smacked and then getting hauled off by security, she actually falls for him, right? 
and then it it just backfires. Everything fucking backfires on him, right? That's that was the most unrealistic part of the movie was that um, him, you know, trying to be tough with it. But the charm with it, with him trying to pay like a guy to to beat up, you know, Buddy Ravel for him and things like that, just it, it all flows in a funny, comical way, and 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 that's what's good about Three O'clock High is it's a fun '80s teenage coming of age comedy, you know. And it doesn't have to get, uh, it doesn't get too profane with anything, you know. Look, I, I, you know, you know me, I love profanity. I cuss all, all, all the fucking time, right? But you got to know when to draw the line with it. Fist fight just felt like they were just cussing all the time, just to, cause I don't know, they had nothing better to do. They had nothing better to write on a script or something on a screenplay. Uh, But with this movie, it just, if anyone ever cusses, it's for it's, it it serves a purpose. And that yeah, that's what I like about it. And so, if you like '80s movies and you like '80s teenage comedies, give Three O'clock High a shot because most people—I don't think most people have seen it. Most people didn't even know that this movie existed when Fist Fight came out, and and I, I immediately saw the you know the comparison to them, you know. Um, but but I'm an '80s you know I'm an '80s so that makes so anyway um yeah I, I I highly recommend Three O'clock High. It's just not as good as it was when I was a kid. Because your perspectives change on things, but it's still worth seeing. So, all right. I've never seen. Hmm. Yeah, there you go. it's not bad. It's ninety minutes. If you have a, a moment, you have a chance. I check it out because it's like you love eighty shit. This is an eighties one. I recommend. Yeah. Um, Popeye. Mine's Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping with the because I'm trying to do my reviews, but then I pick like a pick of the week, which <coughs> is different than the review I'm writing and yada yada. Yeah. <coughs> This fucking cop. <laughs> um, so I, I I have I picked Popeye. Like Popeye? Oh no, no not like Popeye. Nineteen eighty. Uh, I think it was nineteen eighty. Or no, I think yeah. it was afterwards because um, Shelley yeah. Duvall became big, more popular because of The Shining, which came out in nineteen eighty. So, huh. directed by Robert Alton, starring Robin Williams, Shelley Duvall. Hmm. Now, if you've never seen the movie, basically Popeye comes to town. This place called Sweet Haven. He's searching for his long lost father. Um, Everybody fears him because he's the new guy in town. He looks different. Yeah. He's a sailor. He may be, you know, he's kind of swarthy, maybe a problem child, right? Yeah. So he rents a room at Olive Oil's house, doesn't give a shit about anything. He just, he's there to sleep. He's a loner. Yeah. And then go find his dad, right? Yeah. Uh, Olive Olive Oil is uh, going to marry Bluto. Bluto is the face of the town. He's not the mayor. He's not the one that's really in charge. The Commodore is in charge. Bluto just does his bidding, right? Yeah. So taxes. Well, if you've seen the movie, it does a really good job of recreating Popeye. <laughs> the problem is, is it's a musical. That's 90% of the problem right there. It's not a, it's, well, it had, there's a, a good song. Of, it had one good song. <coughs> it's, yeah, well, whatever. Well, because I remember it from Punch Drug Love. <laughs> Played it again. <laughs> but I wish I had some halls for you. Or Ricola. I can kill him. I've got Rick. Hold on a second. See the lozenges over there? You want one? Where? Sorry, you got tablets or capsules. Alright, so sorry about that. The uh the I'm so sorry. The movie the movie would have been better had Paramount not ended up in a bidding war for Annie, mm-hmm. which turned out to be a huge blockbuster. Yeah. And they lost out. Well, Annie was a success. So instead of just moving on, they're like, well, we need to, we need to do something that's the same or something similar, and then create our own musical, um, a cartoon or um, um, 
uh, a comic strip or whatever. How so, the fuck do I not know this? Huh. So Paramount went through their entire list of properties that they owned, and Popeye was one of them. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, let's do that. And they got they got Disney involved. And they got, originally it was supposed to be Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin. Dustin was going to play Popeye. And then uh, it was going to be directed by, I can't remember. I have it right here. <laughs> it was going to be, uh, sorry, John Slushinger. Okay. Um, that fell apart. Um, and then Disney joined the film as part of a two-picture co-production deal with Paramount that included Dragons because Disney acquired, was able to acquire the foreign rights with his Buena Vista unit. The deal was motivated by drawing power that the studio's films had in Europe. Shot in Malta. Uh, the Sweet Haven set, which still exists, uh, was built there and is now a popular tourist attraction known as Popeye Village. Uh, according to Parrish, Robin Williams referred to the set as Stalag Altman. <laughs> um that's the problem with this movie is that they decided to make it a musical instead of just respecting the, the, source. the source. Well, at least Altman respected the source. If you look at the way all the characters are, like Bluto, mm-hmm. and he, although he doesn't talk much, but... What? Exactly. He doesn't say anything. He grunts. So... Apparently, you haven't watched the movie in a long, long time. No, no, I'm talking about how he sounds in the cartoon. It's like they don't do him like that in the movie. He didn't sound right. What? And he, the mo- the actor in the movie doesn't <coughs> sound like Bluto. It was good casting with the appearance of Bluto, but he didn't even talk much in the movie. Yeah, he didn't have. And any he t- sounded more like Bluto in the movie than most other people did. It was just a gruff voice. Okay. <coughs> just not a lot of line. If you look at because um Mr. Hond, goddamn Ray Ray Winston. Yeah, Ray Winston. Ray Walston. Walston. Yeah, favorite Martian plays the Commodore. Um, every costume. Every set. Well, no, I wouldn't say the sets because the sets don't look anything. If you look at the cartoons and stuff like that, the sets they're either in the city or or in the country or whatever. So there's not one real normal place for them to set up <coughs> a proper hometown to Popeye. He's mostly a, he's Popeye the Sailor Man, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the cartoons that when you know Popeye versus you know Sinbad, you know all this other shit. Well, again, they got the costumes right. They actually did the casting real well. I mean, hell, uh, Shelley Duvall is olive oil. Yeah, definitely. Robin Williams is Popeye with the arms and everything. Yeah, it was great. And I forgot where I was going with this. Well, the movie has a lot of things going for it that work, and then there's the other problems that they keep it from being as great as it should have been. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can hear that cough, the lozenge in your teeth. <laughs> Just trying not to cough. I can't remember when I, I saw this. I don't remember seeing this movie in theaters. I remember seeing it on video. And actually, I enjoyed it. I saw this at the drive-in thing. <laughs> in 1980? Yep. We used to have a bunch of drive-ins in Sacramento at that what time. What the fuck do you remember that? You were like three years old. Because I love movies, dude. I saw, I also saw Halloween <laughs> 2 um, for the first time at the drive-in. I always remember the scene where he um, leaves the bloody knife or whatever, um, or steals the knife. I, I can't remember. It was you know from the neighbor at the beginning. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to have to... You're one years old. No, not when Halloween Part Two came out. You said Halloween. You didn't say Part Two. Oh, I said Halloween Two, the part where he steals the pie or whatever from the neighbor, or yeah. leaves the bloody knife on the pie or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that it was Halloween Two. Right. Um, my whole issue with the Popeye movie is the the music. Mm-hmm. It takes you completely out of the film. There are some other parts, but I mean, look, if you watch any, the other thing was the he hates spinach, and it's kind of an origin story type of thing. Yeah. So other than that. If you actually watch the movie, I mean, he twists his arm, you know, 
to fight uh, King Kong Bundy. Yeah, the sound effects. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the spinning of the pipe. Yeah, you know, even even the the. Uh, the the uh, the voice yeah the offhanded like the 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 the, the low you know where he finishes a sentence or right. something yeah and you don't you can't really hear what he's saying but you kind of can it, yeah yeah he does great yeah right. his his off his his offhanded remarks yeah you know um, but Robin Williams is like that he delves into characters he's mm-hmm. a great he was a great character actor yeah um, even wimpy they had wimpy in it they mm-hmm. had you know uh, all of olive oils that's a tough tough thing to say family in in the movie yeah um and there's one other thing I, I keep forgetting which is sweepy they they end up finding sweepy and sweepy didn't come along until later on and the, so they're trying to jam everything into this one movie yeah instead of you know working it all out but that's fine whatever works everything for the most part worked out except for again the music and sweepy do you know why that's funny the music being the biggest problem with this movie it's because the movie that I brought up earlier, Punch Drunk Love, that has He Needs Me in it. Uh-huh. That's the the heart that's the biggest problem with Punch Drunk Love is the the musical score <coughs> is so overwhelming at times you can't concentrate on the movie. Right. And it's supposed to create this sense of of panic and paranoia so you feel what Adam Sandler's feeling, mm-hmm. but it, it just fails in how it does it because it just fucking just crashes into every scene. So the movie made sixty million dollars. Yeah, it was a, it was a hit. No, it wasn't. Well, if it made sixty and it was made for for it, twenty, it was a fucking flop. You, I remember you saying that movie back in the eighties made made three times its budget. Although the film's gross was decent, it was nowhere near the blockbuster that Paramount and Disney had expected, and was written off as a flop. <laughs> Even though they made money on it, they made well, they've made more than sixty million dollars so far. But yeah, they made they made they doubled their film budget. It made six million its opening weekend, thirty-two million after thirty-two days, and earned forty-nine million after the United States. What's an alleged song? A game cast does its best with an unfunny script, cluttered staging, and some alleged song. Where are you reading? Malton. Malton's critical reception. You see Seeger's beloved sailorman boards a sinking ship and astonishingly boring movie. A game cast does because he doesn't believe that they're actually singing. <laughs> <laughs> or they're actually songs. He says, tune in, tune in an old Max Fleischer. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave the film 59%, which is a rotten rating with the critical consensus stating that Altman's take on the iconic cartoon is messy and wildly uneven, but its robust humor and manic charm are hard to resist. In a sense, that's pretty much what I was trying to get at. So I guess uh, this review, which is messy and wildly uneven, fits that uh, statement. That's all right. It gives us a distinctive charm. Well, it'll be all fixed him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, before I get into my little thing, I've got my little rant. Oh, we got more? Well, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stay on it. So, we saw the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer, which was fucking great. Um, there, you can just tell that just, that how good these trailers are, and the moments that they're showing, you know that they put a lot of effort into the story, or to the sense of humor, more than anything, with these, with the, you know, with this new movie coming out, and. Well, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, there's times where you get that vibe where oh, it might just be funny in the trailer, and then the movie's not really anything special. But the way that this, this, these, all these trailers have looked, it, it gives me an overall sense that they, they, th- that it's going to be really good. Yeah. So. Okay. I think so. That's how I feel about it. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's okay. Sure. <laughs> Do you have anything to put in on? You just want to end this show so fucking bad. All right. All right. So the last. Yeah, we didn't start until late. I know. Mister. So the last thing um, is the Oscars. 
the 89th annual um, Oscars. Yeah, as long as I don't have to hear about the wrong envelope, I'm fine with you. Um, no, no, no. That that felt like a just a bad joke that didn't play out like they hoped it would yeah, it play out. It wasn't a joke. I, I know. I watched it. I watched it and I replayed it just to see because I saw people freaking out in the background, like running on stage and, and you know, like the... the the backstage people that run the Oscars are yeah, like, like oh. nothing bad ever happens and, on live TV. And they showed Emma Stone. You could see Emma Stone going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And you could tell that that you know. It, so it, no, it just. But it's still. It just. It felt like a a bad joke. That's what it felt like. I, I'm not here to rant about that that shit. That, that's no, just you, that's just a funny capper. Like, that's a funny capper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You keep Move. waving your arm. Keep um, moving forward. So my two rants are one is. The 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 over catering that they did to make themselves not seem like they're racist. I have a problem with it because we talk about this every year. I know, and and, and last year they 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 poked fun at it and they they did it, but this year it, it's what is it? Look, you know we're still in racist times when when everything doesn't just go with the flow in a normal in a natural way. Instead, when you're doing something that that in my eyes is obvious and is blatant that you're you're catering to one group of people to make it look like you care and that you're not racist and that you're not you know you know what it oppressive whatever it's that's what I have a problem with when they kept doing things like they would they would show extra pan ins to black actors in the front row um, during the the whole entire um, show why why. Can I ask a serious question? Yeah. Why are we repeating ourselves continually year of bullshit of Oscars? Well, it was only it was only last year that we even made this you know an issue. No, we talk about it every year. So we talk about racism in in every in, in all the award shows. It's fucking and, and the reason why I'm asking is yeah. If we've already done this, what's the point of repeating ourselves? Uh, okay. Do you have a different take? Yes, Please. I have it. Well, it's stop justifying and just give your take. It just seems like they. I don't know how seriously I can take any of these wins in any of these nominations because I don't know if they're on based on their own. Like I haven't seen all the movies. I haven't seen them all, but most of the time I haven't seen them all anyway. But we've at least heard of them. The one that won the best picture, I never heard of. Yeah, La La Land or no, um, uh, Moonlight. You're right. And yeah. Moonlight came out of nowhere, and now it looks like a really good movie. But where the fuck? What what the fuck is it about? But it looks like it's about. Um, drug abuse and transgender and and growing up black in, in shitty you know oppressed areas or something like that. I don't know I, I don't know fully but here's my problem is that it, the way that they're doing going about this it seems like they're just picking picking movies to make themselves not seem racist they, look you got three you got three quote unquote black movies that are in the best picture category so which look I'll say it first. If there are ten black movies that come out in a year and they're better than every everything else that came out that year, which I know is a subjective thing to say because you know it's all about people's opinions and stuff, but still, if ten black movies came out or ten black based movies came out and they're better than everything else, then fucking a, they should take all ten categories up for best picture. Same thing with actors and anything like that. I got no fucking problem with that. But the way that that the the, the track record with the Oscars and the way that they're doing things. It just felt like they're catering on purpose. If you go back to like when Selma won Best Song, oh, they nominated for Best Picture, but then it didn't win anything else. But then they, they, they it wins Best Song to make you know to 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 keep people all kind of cool with it, right? Well, then this year it's like you have all these actors that are nominated, and 
God, I, I, it's hard. It's just like because I'm not, I'm not complaining. This, this isn't really a complaint. This is more just like a. You're just rambling. Yeah, and and this is what it boils down to. And this is going to go into my other thing about the Oscars is when I was a kid, and I used to watch WWF wrestling, which is now WWE. Um, I used to have my favorites, right? And I, I didn't know it was fake. I, I thought it was real, you know. And and I had you know like Ricky the Steamboat Dragon was my favorite, and a couple others. And when I found out one time, when I finally realized that it was fake, not because of the, the, the punches not landed and shit like that, I found out it was fake because they had announced something before it had happened. And it let, it, it made me realize that this is all set up. So um, I was a kid then, and you can forgive me for not seeing the whole big picture. This is what the Oscars is to me now. And it's sad because I love movies and when when movies like Return of the King won Best Picture, I took it seriously. I took it as this movie got recognized. No one gave a shit that it was just about orcs and stuff like that. They they saw a deeper thing with it, and it won be- fucking Best Picture because it deserved it. But now I don't see it that way anymore. I see the Oscars as just this, and I don't even need to say it because everyone else has kind of said it in one way or another. It, it's just that's what the Oscars is. It's political self-aggrandizing. It's not, it's not what I, I wished it used to be, wish that it was. It's always been that way. And I didn't notice that as growing up. I didn't know. I didn't see it. Let's, let's hold an event. Only Hollywood people can go to, to make us feel more self-important. And and now I see it. And it, it, it's sad to me. It's sad to me because I, I, I see movie filmmaking as a pure art form and, and, and I used to think the Oscars were that they were honoring this pure art form, and they're not. It's it's they're not they're not doing that. And the most blatant thing that I saw was forget the racial shit that 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 makes them look like they're trying not to be racist by showing extra black people in, in the audience and things like that. Whatever, whatever. It, it's it's them letting a film win best foreign film so that a person can come up and make a a written a written rant about our political system and our president that everyone on that side is against, okay? And I'm not coming at this as a Republican or a Democrat because I'm not either. This is this is different. This is just fucking blatant use to do this shit. And I know that they do it all the time, but this is this is what's made me done. I am fucking done with the Oscars no more anymore. I, I used to kind of take them, I used to take them completely seriously. Then I started waning and now I don't take them fucking seriously at all anymore. Right. You've mentioned that like a hundred times. Because of this. All right. The movie was called The Salesman. It was done by an Iranian filmmaker. Okay. His name is Asghar Farhadi. Now, when they were announcing, when they announced um, the nominees right before they announced the winner, and they said, Iranian film, The Salesman, right? I instantly, and I'm not bullshitting because I don't make shit up. I instantly knew that that was going to win and that there was going to be a statement fucking made. I didn't know it was going to be written there. I didn't know if there was going to be, like, the guy wasn't going to show up. I thought he was there and he was going to show up and he was going to make a fucking rant. He wasn't. But he wasn't there. He had someone come up there for him and read his thing about the whole foreign policy thing. (coughs) And look, I don't know all about the whole foreign thing, so I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. There are seven countries that have been... Given not bans but uh, extensive background checks for any person coming into the country from those countries. Yeah. So, like, if you're an American traveling from Iran, you know, because yeah. your embassy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to do an extensive background check on you and hold you in a cell. But yeah. if you're an Iranian coming from Iran, yeah, or Syria or 
whatever the other seven countries are. Yeah. Or five after. They're going to do that. And these are the same seven countries that Obama had done the same thing back when he was president. Yeah. And he's done it multiple times. So, you know, for, for Trump to do it, he's a complete fucking asshole. Oh, I know. It's just like in the 90s when Hillary Clinton said that she was against uh, gay marriage. Right. But yet, oh, now that because she's, she doesn't say that anymore- for either, either because of belief or because of of it being easier to say, you know, because to make everyone accept her. Right. That's what you're doing is you're going after the majority of people. Yeah. She's instead conforming. Instead of sticking to your guns. She's conforming instead of actually being true to herself, regardless right. if she's wrong or not. Right. Um, so anyways. It makes you a fake person. So I... When when so anyway I I knew this and I I don't try to uh, <coughs> my predictions aren't always right but I saw it I fucking saw it and I I just it made me realize it just made me fu- fully accept the fact that I can't enjoy this anymore I can't enjoy the Oscars anymore it's tainted it has been and look it's been tainted for a very long time but now for me for me personally it is now tainted for probably ever. And I can't take it seriously anymore, and that that pisses me off because now it's I just don't look at it the same. That, that that's it. That's my rant. That's my problem with. Okay. Okay, that's your rant. Pretty much, it's just it's all fake, dude. It's all fake, like wrestling. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's just used for those people to to go up there and make their statement, like they really give a shit about the way things are being done, right or wrong, in this country, in this world. And nothing, it doesn't change anything. It just makes them feel like they get, you know, it's the person that donates 30 cents a day, you know, to the, to the African children who are starving. That you know, makes them feel self-important for that moment. It's bullshit. And I, I hate it. I hate that, man. Cause I feel like a, this is <sighs> comparison wise. This isn't true. This is just comparison wise. It's like the little kid who like realized Santa Claus is, it's not that extreme for me. It just, it's in a way it's compare comparable, you know? I don't. See, I can't see the Oscars this way anymore. Okay. I can't see them as 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 being taken seriously as as an awards for for an art form that I what, that I truly love. Why would you take them seriously in the first place when you have no control over who wins and who loses? Because I'm a fan. You're a fan. <coughs> you know, I <coughs> a fan or not means nothing. It's an awards show. It's people congratulating each other for doing a good job in their own industry and. Yeah. We're the ones that make them. And then, that, and look, and, and now I see it that way now, Mike, but what you got to understand is I used to not see it that way. I saw the Oscars as the Super Bowl for, for movies. Does that make sense? Like it, that you win the award because you did the best movie. You were the best actor. You were the best blah, blah, blah. That's what it was. For, and now it's not the Super Bowl of of uh, of of movies. It's not. It's but they just, sure as hell try to make it to be, don't they? Yes, they do. You know? And Yeah. Look, it was entertaining. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel is funny as fuck, and he's he he he's got a great sense of humor. And there was some really f- hilarious skits during that show. But I I'm just I'm done. I'll 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 watch the Oscars. I'll keep watching them for entertainment and because Why? we because we talk about this shit. And it's good. I need to stay up to date on pop culture shit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, but, th- I mean, you can also just read the news or whatever. You don't have to watch it. But, but- I, I'm not gonna say. T- but seriously, I don't I don't hold it in the same light anymore. I'm done. You were done with it a long time ago. And last year, maybe I should have been done then. But uh, I was never into it. Well, or you were never into it. Yeah. I, I was. I, I, I was never into it. I mean, I like knowing Best Picture and stuff like that. I think, especially if people that you like win. Yeah. You know? But it means it, in, in, in our life, yeah. in our world, mm-hmm. in our real life, means nothing. 
Yeah, I because know. they're not helping us. No, but we sure as shit help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's just so. That, where's our fucking payback? That's the that's the you know I guess it's symbolic of being in an abusive relationship. Yeah, give 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 take 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 take. Yeah, maybe we should stop reviewing Hollywood movies and go after independent and foreign <laughs> films. Anybody can come aboard, man, to try to support us. That'd be great. Yeah. So anyway, that that was my little rant about the Oscars. Uh, look, I- anyone who's listening wants to come out and call me a racist or or any bullshit like that. No, it's farther from the truth. Fucking award shows are completely racist. Yeah, it, it's made it's made to segregate us. It's yeah, exactly. It's there. There is Hollywood always says you know, you know not Hollywood, but a lot of people in Hollywood. Always talk about the whitewashing of this, the whitewashing of that. Yeah. You know, and so you guys got to do more. Well, that forces them to overcompensate. Make, yeah. Make stupid decisions. Yeah. Where films that shouldn't be, not necessarily actors or anything else like that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But films that generally wouldn't even be looked at are suddenly given an intense amount of scrutiny. Yeah. Like Moonlight. Yeah, Mahershala Ali, he won for Best Supporting Actor for it. Right. Um, he played the the main villain in the first half of uh, of uh, Luke Cage, okay. season one, right? He's a good actor. He's a very good fucking actor. And, um, I, but I've never seen the movie. And I never heard about the movie until just until it won. Yeah. It made twenty six million dollars at the box office. It was, it was released last year in October. Yeah, and look, he was up against. Three other white guys and and an Indian, you know, Dev Patel, okay, from Slumdog Millionaire, right? Um, and so by him winning, look, if he was the best performance, well, who were the other who were the other three Je- actors? Jeff Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea, uh, and Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals. Look, I'm sorry, but Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals mm-hmm. was getting a hell of a lot of buzz. Yeah. Because of because of that role, yeah. And then Jeff Bridges, look, I mean, and I'm not saying that the guy that won shouldn't have won, yeah, but he shouldn't have won, <laughs> yeah. And then Deb Patel also was getting a bunch of buzz um, in the last couple months too yeah. for Lion. But Hell or High Water was a supreme movie, yeah. It, it was it didn't far, win anything. It was far superior to than to Moonlight, you know. And again, Jeff Bridges gets snubbed. Fucking Dev Patel gets snubbed. And Michael Shannon gets snubbed. Yeah. Because you're right. Because of this <coughs> because of this whole reverse racism. Yeah. And it's and Hollywood overcompensates because some one percenter fuck faces, what fucking dick dick face shitbags. Yeah. Uh decide that they're gonna get picked up by variety or Hollywood reporter about how unfair the Hollywood system is to color people. Uh-huh. Really? Well, yeah, because the majority of actors are white. That's how that's how that fucking works, unfortunately. And gay. <laughs> Most actors are gay. Yeah, rich, white, and gay. Yeah. And in order to break into the system, you have to be way better than them. Mm-hmm. And that's in the, the colored actors, the blacks and the Indians and whatever other colors you are, are, in my opinion, far fucking superior actors, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying that to cover my ass. I'm saying that because it's the fucking tr- you compare Danny Glover. I mean, he's good and like he was great in the color purple. He's great in everything. And and Samuel L. Jackson. Hell, if you watch Black Snake Moan, yeah, you know, and not the 
not to watch you know Christina Ricci in her panties, but every <laughs> other part that Samuel L. Jackson. She got that fever. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> is talking with uh, the lady, the pharmacist lady. Yeah, and just just those scenes alone, uh-huh. it's amazing. He's a he's a fucking talented actor. Yeah, you know, and then the hundreds of other actors that are not white. Yeah, you know, because they're hungrier. I, I don't. They, they put that passion in there. I don't think they're hungrier. I think that they're just better. Okay. I, I don't know how to really explain it other than you may be right. I think they take the craft more seriously. It's just like with sports. It's like you have people that come from from struggle and they they they, they the hunger's there more. It's just like with boxing and whatever else. It's, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's they had the struggle when they were younger and they know that they have to stand out more to get noticed. Right. You know. And 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 that's the problem with Hollywood is they're recognizing the talent wrongly. Yeah. So they're overcompensating by saying, "Oh well, we're gonna," you know, did Halle Berry deserve her Oscar for Monsters Ball? Um, a lot of people say no. You know what? It was yes and no. It was she had good. To me, she wasn't. She was more of a, a supporting actress in that movie anyway. I. It was because it was all Billy Bob. Not the point. But did she deserve her actor? Actor? Did she deserve an Oscar for that? I have to withhold judgment because I don't remember who she was up against that year. So I don't know. I can't remember. It was a good performance. It a lot very, of people say no. It was a very good performance, but I think it could have been a, uh, a making up for kind of thing. That's exactly what it was. There's, you know, there's quite a few of those. 2000. <laughs> it's so goddamn slow. Halle Berry, Renee Zellweger, Sissy Spacek, Judy, Judy Dench, Dench, Nicole Kidman. You're telling me that fucking Halle Berry is a better actor Sissy Spacek and in the bedroom as a mother who lost her child. Yeah, um, that was that was a strong performance. Uh, so yeah, I, look, I don't remember. I never saw. Um, I never saw Judy Dench's performance in Iris. Uh, but I mean, Nicole Kidman was really good. Moulin Rouge, but yeah, but again, that movie should have been nominated anyway. And Renee was Zellweger was very good in Bridget Jones' Diary, the first one. Yeah, again, um, but I, I, I'd say her. I mean, the Sissy Spacek right there was probably the best performance that I saw out of the. Uh, even though, even though Halle Berry was very good, though she was. Yeah. It just, it did. But yeah, you're you're right. It just to me, it just seemed like a really good performance that was blown up to be more than one. Just like 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 Brokeback Mountain for me. It Brokeback Mountain is not a four star movie. Brokeback Mountain is a three star movie. It's very good, but because of the subject matter, it's blown up. Pardon the pun. It's blown up to be a four star movie. Right. But okay. Getting off track. Yeah. Don't care. That's what it is. It's political. Right. That's exactly what we're trying to get to is that this whole process is political. So Even Robin Williams had the balls in 2002 say that the Oscars are political. Everybody's... Dude, every huge money-making actor and director has always said that George Lucas pulled himself from... The the Academy? From the Academy because it's all a political process. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's just... But yet they have no problem being there celebrating most of them, most of them, because they want to, they want to, they want to um, seem, they want to continue to be relevant, right? By because you know all the who's who is at the Oscars every year. Yeah, he was he he was nominee for best director is seventy eight, best original screenplay seventy eight, nominee best director is seventy four, best original screenplay. Um, yeah, that's a that's a simple statement that pretty much describes it all, right there. Yeah. Why do we elect people who drift toward not the most talented, best, and brightest we have in the country? It's all political. I think it hurts everybody. Exactly. I just I'm look. I personally come out and also I'll, I'll get deeper with it, and I'll say that like 
with the black, you know, the black thing. It's not, it pisses me off because we're not progressing as a human being species, as a human species, when you do shit like this. When when you, you, you cater to another race just to make them less angry, you know, that it doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Treating everyone the same, that's how it works. By not, by finally getting to that point where you don't give a shit that they're black. You don't give a shit that they're Asian. You don't give a shit. It's just they're another person and they have something to offer this world, you know? It's like you when, when the whole gay thing is mentioned, you know? You don't have a, you always wonder why it's ever a problem at all because it's not for you. You're at that point where it's not a big fucking deal. So quit blowing it up to be a big deal. I've, I, my problem with the whole, with everything is the moniker, uh-huh. the labeling, the man, the man who robbed the convenience store, comma, was black, comma. <laughs> yeah. Or the black, you know, it wasn't, it's never the man that robbed the convenience store. It was the black man that robbed the convenience store, the white man, the Chinese man. The African American. Well, they're going back towards black now, but yeah. Good, because that. <laughs> hey man, I'm not the only one that's been saying it. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who else has said it, and I I believe it was I believe. Yeah, it's either Samuel L. Jackson or someone <laughs> yeah. am, among his range of actors uh-huh. that has said, or maybe it was James Earl Jones. So I'm not I'm not fucking African. I'm not an African American. I was born in America. Yeah, I'm black. I'd be pissed off if people kept calling me European American. Yeah. It's 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 not okay to accept the fact it's that's that's white political reform. Uh, it's white political politically correct reformation. Yeah, from what I understand, most people don't give a shit about all this dumb stuff, and it's usually just white people trying to make themselves feel less guilty. Yes, it's it's the whole guilt thing. Anyways, it, getting back to it because this podcast has run way too fucking long. This is the last time we're going to smoke before we do it. Because goddamn it, dude, are you gonna fucking edit that out? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> you, yeah, smoke cigarettes. I, I quit smoking back in October, Mike. I didn't. Just watch you smoke out back. You had one, <laughs> two. I don't know how many. <laughs> All of it is junk, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, getting back to the gay thing. I don't give a shit if you're gay, straight, transgendered, a fucking snowflake, or whatever. You're not more important than me. A Twinkie. You're not more important than the fucking collective. Yeah. And if you don't like that, go somewhere else. It's that simple. I don't recognize you for being a binary. Mm-hmm. That's what they're starting to call themselves now. <laughs> a fucking binary. You're not a binary. You're not an O or a one. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh, you don't don't label me as a female or a male because I don't know. You do know. You're either a male or female. Whether you're born in you whether you are a transgender yeah. or transsexual, mm-hmm. gay, straight. Lesbian, fucking man, woman, I don't know, who cares, horse, who gives a fuck? You are something. Yeah. It's not a label. Stop labeling me, man. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face, snowflake. Yeah. It's gotten out of control. Yeah, it is. I don't do. force your bullshit on me and, and stop going on TV and forcing your bullshit on everybody. Nobody fucking cares. And more people are turning off the fucking television than ever before. <clears throat> and walking away from entertainment bullshit like a current affair or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's less people watching these TV shows. Dude. It's an ingrown hair. <laughs> I found the ingrown hair and yeah. <laughs> Every week all I do is watch you pick at your fucking self. It's it, hilarious. Because it, I, I keep 
keep thinking that this last ingrown hair I pull out will finally make it fucking go away. Yeah. Shave it. Use cold I water. I shaved last night. Not with warm. Use cold water. So, and it, cold water will pop the hair. Like, I pulled four ingrown hairs out of this today. Yeah, but you shave with cold water, not warm water. Well, I, I don't use that. I just use clippers. I don't go all the way to no, the skin. That's the problem. You're using clippers. You go get a razor and get some fucking... See, there's a hair. I just, yeah, I know, but you're going to get it infected. Well, that's why I put peroxide and then uh, triple. So I can't it's, do Except it. it's the same one and they're red. And that means they're infected. So stop picking it. Oh, there I go. See, now I don't feel a hair there, so I'm good. Go buy a razor and shave that. It pops, the, it gets rid of all the garbage. Use Barbasol, you know, or whatever shaving cream. Just a little dab will do you. And use, and, but before you do that, wash, wash with cold water. Slap some cold water on it and then shave. And then it'll, it'll get rid of all this. Now, <laughs> I thought you're supposed to do hot water because it opens up your pores. Well, no, cold water. Okay. Cold water shocks it. Well, it's, yeah, and I assume cold water makes it close up, but I mean, it makes mm. the hair come loosen up. Yeah. All right, I'll take your word for it. Okay. So, so yeah, I know this episode's gone really long. Yeah, but, you know, we don't have time for doing our other shit either. We could, <laughs> no. damn, that's a fucking long one. We don't have time for anything. All right, so uh, get, getting on with the fucking Academy Awards, it's all a bunch of garbage, and we're all being segregated, we're all being labeled, and we're all being forced into stuff we don't want to do by the media. And if you and, continually follow the bullshit, you're going to be a snowflake, and you're going to cry and complain. So stay home with your mom, live in the basement. Yeah, and now I work at Walmart. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid anymore when it comes to the Academy Awards. I'm not drinking it at all. That sucks. That sucks. For- yeah, whatever. So at some point, you just got to walk away from it, like I did in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you on that one either. So anyway, so the next movie that we will be talking about on the on <laughs> Cinescape Movie Review Podcast, thank you, is uh, going to be uh, Logan. All right, that you know, comes out this week. Yeah, fuck yeah, fucking a, bro. So uh, yeah, we'll be talking about Logan, Dude, and then next, and then the week after that's Kong. We we got a good month, and then we got we got Ghost in the Shell, and yeah, we we this is a good month. So it certainly is. Yeah, and uh, much better than the Academy Awards. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I am Joe Spiegel. Okay, I'm Mike Sutherland. All right, and uh, you can find my handle on uh, on the Twitter. <laughs> I'm not even gonna do it. I know. I'm just fucking with you. Uh, good night. Catch you on the flip side. Good night. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show. And if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle. That's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at. You can send me a tweet at. Tweet me at. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah, follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, <laughs> Twitter. You can Twitter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at. What about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? It, the little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs>
It's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> share, uh, yeah. Share, share, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. This is the end. This is the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.